Hey there, it's Lynn, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. At this point, I am just going to assume that you have read the title before playing the audio. And yes, it is a bit of a heavy and serious topic, so I understand that it might be a trigger for some of us. Please listen at your discretion. At first, I thought choosing this topic for the first episode was me biting off a little bit more than I could chew. But the blunt, introvert in me just wanted to go straight for the core of our problems that are related to our personal well-being and dating habits. And here we are, having a candid, honest talk about trauma and how unresolved trauma affects us individually our relationships, and how we choose to deal with conflict afterward. So let's jump right into it. So what is trauma? Well, by definition, the word trauma refers to a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And according to the American Psychological Association, trauma is actually an emotional response to a terrible event. There are two types of trauma according to the psychology today. The first one is called the big T, which are traumas that are life-threatening. The second one is called the little T, which most of us would have already experienced. They are caused by chronic stress, dysfunctional family, or past abusive relationships. Now that we are all on the same page about what trauma means, why don't we spill some tea on how traumas actually affect us as an individual in our relationship with a potential partner? The first thing that I could think of when I hear unresolved traumas are trust issues. Surprise, surprise. How many of you have heard your coworkers, your friends, your family members, or even someone that you just met at a party who has a little too much to drink, telling you that they have trust issues. As human being, I think we can just all sit down and bond over the broken trust that we have collected over the years from past relationship, dysfunctional family, bad friends, etc. You name it, we probably have it. But to keep it simple, is pretty much a self-defense mechanism where you find it very difficult to open up to another person to commit in a relationship. Heck, you might even isolating yourself from other people. And all for a good reason. To protect yourself from getting hurt again. And before you even find yourself in a relationship with a great guy or great girl, you've probably already struggled with this. And this could be another conversation, so we'll save it for another day. But what I really want to highlight in this episode is the way we respond to conflicts after trauma. How we respond to conflicts after experiencing traumas actually depend on what happened to us in the past and how we have been coping with the event. Traumas that we have not worked through can push our brain into a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn stage. 
And instead of going into the nitty gritty details on how our brain processes danger to arrive at one of these responses, I would like to provide some clarification on their definitions and also indicate behaviors that are associated with each of them. Number one, fight. A fight response is a physiological reaction that occurs when our brain perceives an event as stressful or frightening. The word fight means exactly what it is. You are pretty much combat ready to fight back against whomever you are dealing with. And in this case, that's your significant other. Observable behaviors that are displayed in a fight response can be both verbal and physical. You may feel angry, furious, offended, or aggressive towards your partner in that moment. You may even find yourself yelling, screaming, using mean words, blaming, deflecting responsibility, as well as hitting, kicking, pushing, or punching. Imagine a mother dog ready to chase and bite whoever approaching her puppies. It might sound like I'm comparing you with a dog, but you can think of those puppies as your ego, simply fragile and scared. Number two, flight. Similar to a fight response, a flight response is also a physiological reaction to a stressful situation. However, instead of reacting like someone who has a fight response, you may retreat yourself from the conflict. You know, just exit yourself before you get hurt. Behaviors associated with a flight response are running away, literally, fidgeting, keeping yourself preoccupied, you're trying to be busy with anything that is not the current problem. Procrastinating and avoiding confrontation. During a flight response, you may feel anxious, panicked, overwhelmed, and worried. And all of these physiological changes make you find it extremely difficult to pay attention to the issue at hand. Number three, freeze. A freeze response is also a natural reaction to danger. In that split second when you can't fight or run away. To cope, you shut down all communication. We call it playing dead. You may have a freeze response if you feel stuck, numb, apathetic, and helpless. Rather than rapidly breathing to prepare yourself for a fight or flight. You are more likely to restrict breathing by holding your breath. Some cues of a freeze response can be verbally unresponsive, saying I don't know a lot, zoning out, daydreaming, isolating oneself, and trying to hide. You know, like a deer in headlights, not knowing what to do and unable to move. Last but not least, fawn. A fawn response is relatively a new concept, so some of us might have not heard about it before but it was recently coined by a psychotherapist named Pete Walker. If you're interested in PTSD and trauma, you can check out his book called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. One interesting thing about a fun response to me is that it is linked with people's pleasing and codependency. Typically, a fun response occurs when one uses appealing behaviors to avoid conflict. And this type of response is a lot more common than we think. 
Some behaviors associated with a fun response can include anywhere from having trouble saying no, denying your own discomfort, needs, and wants, over-apologizing, lacking of personal boundaries, trying to fix or rescue other people from their own problems, to changing your preferences to align with others. If you have a fun response, you may think that putting other people first will minimize conflict. Because what is there to argue about if you have already given in? Now that we have made it to the end of this podcast, some of us might have a realization where we have one or more than one of these stress responses. There is no really one size fit all for us to heal from trauma. But what I can tell you is that healing from trauma starts at self-awareness and it requires a lot of determination to be better and to feel better. Keep in mind that depending on the severeness of your trauma, you can either seek professional support or five self-help methods that work for you. The bottom line is, if we want a happy and healthy relationship, we gotta take care of our emotional wounds or at least try to. Otherwise, we will trauma bond the hell out of the next person that we meet. And I'm not saying that you should avoid dating altogether until you're fully healed. Why? Because life is unexpected and sometimes you just happen to meet your person right in the middle of your process. And even better that this man or woman is happy to be a part of that healing journey. The truth is, healing takes time. And for some of us, it takes even a longer time. But what really matters is that we choose to take the first step to learn about ourselves and to become a more compassionate person. I am with you on this journey, and thank you so much for listening.